I'm not afraid of 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Happiness was just too hard to find It just depended on how I was feeling But now I've been revealing That it's possible to change my state of mind To change my state of mind Change my state of mind I didn't know it was possible To change my state of mind Smile and watch the whole world smile
ברוכינו השם אלוקינו בליבוי לתאיבה ובגדנו בואי לברכה בואי בואי לברכה זוכינו השם אלוקינו בואי בואי לתאיבה ובגדנו בואי לברכה בואי בואי לברכה והושיענו בואי לחיים טובים והושיענו בואי לחיים Thursday morning. It is Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM in the AM. That's right, Rosh Chodesh morning, which means we say happy Rosh Chodesh. I guten Chodesh to everybody out there from all of us here at uh, JM in the AM. That was Tzvi Silberstein with Yalav Yavo. Good song. Heard of Rami play that yesterday during the live lunch. Really good tune. Uh, Mordechai Shapiro, who dominated the first half hour this morning with Hashem Melech before that Melech Kohn. 
with Bederech. You heard Matana and Sababa done by Levi Cohen. Mordechai Shapiro with Smile and Machar. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning and a guten chodesh on this Thursday, June the 14th. Happy birthday, Mark Zamek. Happy birthday to our music director. One of the most amazing volunteers in the history of uh, Jewish community volunteerism. Thank you, Mark, and happy birthday to you. If you see Mark today, wish him a happy birthday. It's day two of Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, all the traditional editions for Rosh Chodesh, including, um, let's see, Yalviavo, as you just heard, uh, half Hallel, special Torah reading, Musaf, Barchin Avshim, whatever else your custom calls for on a Rosh Chodesh day. 68 degrees outside with 65% humidity, winds are west. At 9 miles an hour, sunny today with a high of 85. Then tonight, clear skies, low 63. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature, 78 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 82. We're at 68 here in New York. Really beautiful day, by the way. This this morning, I always say there's no such thing as perfect weather, especially in this area. It may be. It may be in the category of perfect weather here in New York today. Really, really beautiful right now. Uh, 68 in New York City. 25 minutes before 7 o'clock. Good morning. It's JM in the AM. It's Thursday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You know what that means? An amazing lineup, incredible shows, lots going on. I recommend you basically keep it all day long on NSN, on the Nahum Siegel Network. You'll be glad you did. By the way, um, Trucker Yitz, speaking of dominating our programming, Trucker Yitz is dominating our comments this morning. He says, Chodesh Tov. Heading back north to the Catskills on I-77 and I-74 North Carolina. Nice Labor Dick selections. Thank you, Yitz. Just crossed North Carolina, Virginia state line. So now I'm in Virginia. Chodesh Tov, this morning's bonus morning time was real Labor Dick. So I am driving north back to the Catskills. Um, I don't know what this means. Passing Fancy Gap, Virginia. Maybe I'll still be in Virginia by the time the live lunch starts. Virginia is a large state, 300 miles from top to bottom. Wow, I didn't realize that. Um, anyway, there you have it. It's Trucker Yitz checking in uh, from the roadway. As so many people now, especially during the upcoming summer months, so many people just put the app on as they travel in their truck, in their car, wherever they may be, and they simply just put us on. They simply just... Put us on and listen all day long to all the entertainment, all the enjoyment, all the information, all the news, etc., etc. So there's a lot going on that we provide, and Thursdays is off the charts. Music Lover wants to hear some YBC. We'll see if we can do that. Remember, if you want to comment on our app, no problem. Go to the Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. This coming Tuesday, Brooklyn Cyclones. Yeah, I'm excited. Brooklyn Cyclones always do amazing stuff, great promos, and guess what? It's Jewish Heritage Night coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, Jewish Heritage Night is coming up on Tuesday. The Brooklyn Cyclones. Go to brooklyncyclones.com. Purchase your tickets for June the 19th for you, your family, your friends, uh, your school, your summer camp, uh, whoever it is you want to take to the game. And come on out and enjoy. They do a lot of great things specifically for our community. This coming Tuesday, June the 19th, Jewish Heritage Night at the Brooklyn Cyclones. Get ready to Enjoy more coming up on a Thursday. It's Derek Achim, and this is JM in the AM.
Oh, no, no, no. 
אנחנו עם סגולה, אנחנו לא לבד. כשצרבאות עלינו, כולנו כאחד. לא נפחד עם ישראל, עד אם נעשה רצונו, הוא יעשה רצוננו. הוא אבינו, הוא מלכנו, מושיענו. נישא עיניים ונתפלל, דברו דבר ולא יקום. קימנו
They call it Pinky's Nigun. Israel Adler here at JM in the AM. Before that, Miami with Dora Dora. That's brand new. Avremel had Hashem Yilachem. Menagain done by the New York Boys Choir. Brand new Yehuda Green, Mashiach. And Lachadodi from Derech Achim. Thursday morning, it's Rosh Chodesh morning. And this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com. On the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. It's a Rosh Chodesh morning tomorrow. Malcolm Holmline. He'll help us get through the news of the day and the news of the week. Malcolm Holmline tomorrow, 740, our guest, 740 Eastern Time right here at JMNAM. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday is next. Good morning. Happy Rosh Chodesh from JMNAM. Galitzal, Shah Shtaim, Kanaran Yovnai, Imashikore Akshav. יושב ראש הכנסת יולי אדלשטיין פונה לנבחרי הציבור בקריאה להימנע מהתערבות בהפקת האירוויזיון שהתקיים בישראל. הוא שוחח עם יועז הנדל וניצן הורוביץ בגלי צה"ל. אני קורא לכל עמיתיי, מימין, שמאל, קואליציה, אופוזיציה, שרים, חברי כנסת, תסלחו לי אבל אין לי ביטוי אחר כרגע לסתום את הפה. ולא להתבטא בנושא הזה. אין בזה שום פוליטיקה, אין שום מעורבות פוליטית, וכמה שפחות נדבר, אנחנו, אנחנו, אתם, הכי טוב נעשה אם נשתוק. כתב אישום הוגש הבוקר נגד מרדכי כרמי שניסה לרצוח את הוריו, כתבנו קובי מנדל. מרדכי כרמי, בן ה-25 מזיכרון יעקב, החליט לרצוח את אביו בדירתו. הוא דקר אותו מספר רב של דקירות, וכשאימו נחלצה להגן על אביו, דקר גם אותה. אחותו שנכחה במקום הזעיקה את המשטרה ומגן דוד אדום, אך הנאשם סירב לאפשר להם להיכנס. פרקליטות מחוז חיפה מבקשת לעצור אותו עד לתום ההליכים. הפיצוץ אמש בשועפאט. מחקירה ראשונית של המשטרה עולה כי אדם נפצע קשה כתוצאה מהכנת מטען חבלה ביתי. בדירה אותרו עוד חומרי נפץ. שמונה חשודים נוספים נעצרו. בפתח תקווה, פועל בן 33 נפצע קשה ופועל בן 49 נפצע בינוני לאחר שנפלו מגובה באתר בנייה בדרך יצחק רבין בעיר. כתובתנו עדה שטייף מוסרת שהם פונו לבית החולים ביילינסון להמשך טיפול רפואי. קנס בגובה 180 שקלים הוטל על גלעד קליינר שהביע שמחה ברשתות החברתיות על רצח שירה בנקי, כתבנו רמי שני. קליינר הורשע בהסתה לאלימות וטרור לאחר שהביע שמחה ברשתות חברתיות על הירצחה של שירה בנקי, זכרה לברכה. היא נרצחה במהלך מצעד הגאווה בירושלים לפני שלוש שנים. לצד הגשת כתב האישום ביקשה הפרקליטות להטיל עליו עונש מאסר ועבודות לשירות הציבור. עורך הדין שלו איתמר בן גביר הציג שורת טיעונים ותוצאות דיונים משפטיים בעבירות דומות שהצביעו על מתן עונשים קלים יחסית. בית משפט השלום באשקלון קיבל את טענתיו שאין לגזור על קליינר קנס גבוה. גמר ליגת העל בכדורסל התקיים הערב, מכבי תל אביב ומחזיקת הגביע הפועל חולון התמודדו זו מול זו. לבן ספחיה, מאמן מכבי, אמר בריאיון מיוחד לכתבנו אופיר יונתן, הלחץ הוא תמיד על מכבי. כמובן שאנחנו רוצים לזכות באליפות, אבל הלחץ בליגה הוא תמיד עלינו. כולם רוצים לנצח את מכבי. אם אתה לא מרגיש לחוץ במעמדים כאלה, אז משהו לא בסדר אצלך. אני לא מפחד מאף אחד. כך ספחיה לגלי צה"ל. מזג האוויר לסיום, עלייה ניכרת בטמפרטורות. בסוף השבוע, השרב חוזר. אלה החדשות שעורך יותם לביא.
חבל אשר נקשר יכול להתנתק. מה שכתוב על יכול להימחק. אבן בתוך חומה תוכל להתפורר.
Pretty amazing. Good song, huh? Mi Van Siach is done by Simcha Liner here at JM in the AM. Uh, Sandy Shmueli with Hinea Mim Tovim. You heard Peace with Zusha and Yaakov Shweki's Netzach Israel to open up the hour for us here at JM in the AM. 21 minutes after the hour. Good morning. It's Thursday. It's Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM. And a happy Rosh Chodesh to all. Thanks so much for joining us. And... Um, on this second day of Rosh Chodesh, the first of Tammuz. Tomorrow, of course, is a Friday. We get a chance during our weekly update to really analyze the events of the week. So make sure to join us, everybody. When Malcolm Honline is my guest tomorrow morning, 7.40 Eastern time, right here at JM and the AM on the Nahum Siegel Network. That continues all summer. By the way, we've already announced and made it official that two weeks from today, two weeks from today, the author of the book entitled Rabbi Mayer's Lottowitz. Uh, the book's author is um, Rabbi um, Shruli Besser, Rabbi Yisrael Besser, uh, will be in studio with us here at JMNAM. The book is called Rabbi Mayer's Lottowitz, His Vision, Wisdom, and Warmth Lit Up the World. He, of course, the founder of Art Scroll. Uh, his first yard site has just passed, and uh, we will speak with the author of the book, Yisrael Besser, two weeks from today in studio, all the different methods that you could use to listen to the Nahum Siegel Network will, of course, be in full force. Plus, we'll Facebook Live that conversation that morning. We'll Facebook Live that conversation that morning, which will give everybody another opportunity to see what's happening in the studio and to uh, get a perspective on the uh, incredible life of everybody's lotto. So that's all happening on, um, on Thursday, the 28th would be the 28th of June right here. At the JM in the AM. Plenty more coming up. It's brand new Yaakov Shweki at JM in the AM. Shetli, 
Thursday on a Rosh Chodesh morning. Interesting song, huh? Yaakov Shweki off the brand new Musica album. It's called Harayat here at JM in the AM. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Reminder, yesterday, Elliot Weiselberg was in the Martin Weiselberg Memorial Hockey Tournament. It's happening this Sunday. Happens at Har Torah in Queens. He has amazing prizes in the raffle that is uh, being designated to support Hatzalah, as it is every single year. Help them achieve their goal. And have a great time on Sunday, Father's Day, at the tournament uh, by uh, logging on to mwtournament.com, mwtournament.com. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echonishmas Harav Zebin of Yosef Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We say in Hallel, Kois Yeshua's Esa, Ubishem Hashem Ekra. I will lift the cup of salvation. Nidorai la Hashem Shalem, my nidorim, my vows to Hashem, I will pay. The great Rabbi Rachmiel Gershon Edelstein explains that we have a pasuk in Brachis, Vayidor Yaakov Neder, and Yaakov made a vow. When Rotsi Yehuda Edelstein was taken into the army during World War I, at that time he said two different things. Two nidarim, two vows, and because of those vows, he was saved. He never told anyone exactly what the nature of those nidarim were. Also here, 
we see in this Pasuk, when a person needs a Yeshua, when a person needs salvation, as it says, Kois Yeshua's Esa, the individual should lift up the cup of salvation, they should be saved. Vinadar Nedarim, they should definitely at that time, when they're in need of Hatzalah, when they're in need of some type of saving, to make a vow that will stand as a schus, as a merit for the person. And after their zochet to the Yeshua, after the person merits being saved, then it comes the time to pay whatever the nether was to fulfill their words. That's why it says, in front of everyone, because through publicizing what has happened, through publicizing that the person made a vow at the time of danger, at the time when they needed saving, that will be Marbekvod Shamayim. That will spread the honor of Hashem to all people. It's interesting that when the person would bring a Korban Toido, the Thanksgiving offering, he brought together with him 40 chalos, 40 loaves. They had to be eaten within the time span of one day and one night. What was the reason for it? Because if all of the loaves had to be eaten within that short span of time, they needed to invite a lot of people so that all of the chalos would be eaten. By inviting a lot of people, there would be pirsum hanes. The miracle, the saving that happened, would be publicized throughout the world. When we say Hallel, we remember these two inyanim. One, the idea that an individual, at the time of any tzara, at the time of any trouble, can always make a nether to Hashem and hope for salvation. And the second is that it is our job in this world to be marbe kvod shamayim, to make a kiddush Hashem. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
Munna, Bays in Betachen, and Munna on Betachen, Brain, Brigiola. Alle Bays Gimmel, alle Bays, Munna Betachen, Brain, Alle Bays Gimmel, alle Bays, Munna Betachen, Brain, Uy, Alle Bays Gimmel, alle Bays, Munna Betachen, Brain, Alle Bays Gimmel, alle Bays, Munna Betachen, Brain, Gnickewart, Schleingewart, Jeden alle Schlag. Yaakov Shweki, brand new, lots of brand new Yaakov Shweki these days here at the Nachum Siegel Network. The uh, album is called Musica, and uh, that one is uh, Olive Bay's Gimmel here at JM and the AM. Hey, don't forget the Brooklyn Cyclones, or as I call them, the Brooklyn Cyclones, since they're celebrating their 18th anniversary. They have Jewish Heritage Night this coming Tuesday, June the 19th. Get your tickets for your family and friends, for your shul, for your school, for your group, whoever it is that wants to see a great game and have, have a lot of fun. Fun that's geared to our community that night. It's Jewish Heritage Night, June 19th. is coming Tuesday at the Brooklyn Cyclones game at MCU Park. Go to brooklyncyclones.com, brooklyncyclones.com. Purchase your tickets and get ready to enjoy. It's always a lot of fun. We look forward to seeing everybody there. It's this coming Tuesday night in Brooklyn, New York. Again, brooklyncyclones.com. You want the tickets for June 19th. Rosh Chodesh morning, first day of Tammuz, the second day of Rosh Chodesh here. At JM in the AM, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Plenty more coming up between now and 9 o'clock. And don't forget, today's Thursday, which means we have an amazing, amazing lineup of great shows and plenty of great conversations all happening throughout the entire day. We'll go through all of that for you coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM. Stirring in that summer breeze Whispering those ocean waves Just bluer than they've been I tip my eyes up toward the sun I can feel that summer has begun Gonna stop to take it all in Cause I'm captivated by the world When all its hues unfold And every part of me wants to shout It's a colorful life And I feel alive Today I'm seeing it shine So I got my out now figuring out how today I'm gonna come 
in your hands, go paint the town like only you can. She drinks the sun to clear up the despair. Why take it in just black and white when you can have neon lights? Let that shade of happy shine bright. Why settle for those shades of grace? Same for the rainy days. Let every part of you shine. Yeah, it's a colorful life and I feel alive. Today I'm seeing it shine. So I got my colors out now. Figuring out how. Today I'm gonna color in mine. Won't stop to the limit. Gotta fight to see it. I was trapped in the dark but I'm here breaking free. J.M. in the A.M. with David Lowy, the brand new single entitled Colorful here at J.M. the A.M. Hope you're having a colorful and nice Rosh Chodesh morning. Thanks for tuning in to J.M. the A.M. And a big thank you to those commenting on our app internationally on this uh, on this Thursday. A big thank you. Well, Arsen Ostrovsky is with us live via telephone. He is somebody that has a very, very difficult job. He is an international human rights lawyer and executive director of the Israeli Jewish Congress, an Israel-based NGO serving as a bridge between Jewish communities in Europe and Israeli leaders and officials while supporting the Jewish state around the world in the fight against anti-Semitism, BDS, and delegitimization. Arson has testified and spoken in support of Israel before the UN Human Rights Council in Geneva, UN in New York, the European Parliament, the Knesset, and many high-level forums in Europe and the United States. He's considered an expert on anti-Semitism and BDS, as well as international law and Middle East foreign policy, has been published by major publications around the world, and is a frequent commentator on TV and radio. He's also lectured widely on Israel and the Middle East. Arsen Ostrovsky, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you for having me. You know, you said I've got a difficult job. That's true, but it's uh, it's a very fulfilling one as well, I should say. You know, it's funny. I had a couple of thoughts as I was reading about you, and um, and the first was, I hope and pray, although I'm probably wrong, and it's probably fruitless to, to hope this way, I hope and pray that you never have Jews on the other side of your debates and discussions. But but I guess that would be unrealistic, right? Uh Two Jews and how many opinions? <laughs> um, you should know that by now. Um, no, look, I have, uh, you know, I, <laughs> the Jews are by their very definition, we're an argumentative people. Um, but I think that's important because it also forces us to oh, I, think I, and I, talk. I get that. I get that. But I mean even further. I mean, God forbid that there should be people on the other side when you are fighting BDS, and God forbid those who are promoting the BDS movement, God forbid, should be from our people. That's what I mean. The, look, the fact of the matter is the reality today, you're right, there are. Yeah. Uh, there are people from, purportedly from, you know, 
from outside um, Jews, uh, those who claim to be pro-Israel, for example, that uh, do support uh, the BDS, that uh, do promote um, attacks on the, or delegitimization against the state of Israel, and we have to deal with that in many ways like we deal with anyone. Uh, we have to deal with it on the facts, and we have to uh, call them out for it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there, there are questions that people ask all the time, and they're difficult to answer. Um, so I don't know if I can if I can expect a a a a comprehensive answer from you. And you may be as baffled as as we are. But why do you think we, or I should say, the state of Israel, is held to a completely different standard at places like the UN and in other you know uh, seats of government that you've spoken in than any other country? Yeah, look, I think we only need to have a look at just what happened yesterday. Um, we saw, uh, you know, the UN, which has in many ways become, you know, this theater of, uh, of absurd. Uh, we saw yesterday, you know, a resolution passed, 120 nations voted in favor of it. I think eight voted against the U.S., Australia being two of them, which made me especially proud as an Australian who, who moved to Israel. Right. Um, and about 40-something nations abstained. Uh, you know, it was a blatantly uh, one-sided resolution. Anyone could uh, could see that. But nonetheless, uh, countries either abstained or voted in favor of it. And that is disappointing. And it's, uh, you know, I think for many, it's an easy option. Um, it's an easy way out. Um, some uh, maybe are afraid of uh, the consequences. Um, we, um, you know, some might be uh, thinking it's the politically expedient uh, option to, um, you know, to carry them favor with, uh, with other possible allies in the region. Um, or they think that it's, you know, if you're looking at it from a campus perspective today, university, it's a popular thing. And it's been this... Um, I think in many ways the sort of this Dave and Goliath battle that's been twisted and turned um, upside, upside down where the established narrative today, and I think incorrectly so, is that the Palestinians are the, the victims and the Israelis are the aggressors, and um, therefore Israel needs to be held to a separate standard, and I think that's disappointing. But that being said, I think it's uh, incumbent upon us and anyone for that matter that uh, cares not only about Israel but about peace to um, to be there and to be able to um, you know to correct the misconceptions the lies um, but also I think and this is where it's really important and possibly in many ways why you know maybe why we drop the ball in some ways uh, that we allow our detractors to establish the narrative and they establish their narrative of what the Palestinians want, for them what Israel means, for them that Zionism is racism and so on. Right. And for a long time, we were absent from that conversation. Yeah, because we never believed, or, we never believed the conversation could become that absurd. We weren't prepared for it. Correct, and it has. And right. we are now playing catch-up. And when today, you know, when, um, you know, when I think Michael Oren actually said this, the former ambassador to the United States, um, when he said, you know, we're asking people to be champions of Israel, but what are they championing? And I think that's something really critical point that we need to focus on, that, you know, what is the narrative of Israel? It's, uh, you know, it's not necessarily just related to the 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 conflict it's uh, you know it's so much more than that it's culture it's religion it's history it's uh, there's so many different things that uh, connect people to uh, to the right. Jewish state and so I think we really need to do a much better job in terms of uh, pushing this narrative so people so um, 
not just from the Jewish community, but outside, um, you know, that they are able to form a, uh, a connection to Israel and understand what we're facing and what we stand for. And through that, um, why, you know, supporting Israel is not just uh, in their interest, but it's in everyone's interest. Arsen Ostrovsky with us live via telephone, international human rights lawyer and executive director of the Israeli Jewish Congress. He is receiving the Bonet Zion Prize. Nefesh Benefesh has these distinguished and incredible recipients of the 2018 Sylvan Adams Nefesh Benefesh Bonet Zion Prizes, and he receives this year's 2018 in the field of Israel advocacy, a phenomenal choice by Nefesh Benefesh. We'll talk more about that a little later on. But on your earlier point, you know, the default is always anti-Semitism. The default is always if they're doing something in a public forum condemning Israel for whatever it is, whether it's what's happening in Gaza, whether it's what's happening. Uh, no matter what the topic, our default is always anti-Semitism. I think, I think the point you made about political expediency and the um, advantages that some countries, some leaders have when they go ahead and um, and and come out against Israel is sometimes overlooked. It's not it's not always uh, blanket anti-Semitism. Some it's just a smart thing politically for a country or a leader to do. Uh, look, you're right. I mean, it's not all. Uh, look, it's not always anti-Semitism, and something we have to be very, very mindful of. Uh, but you know, when there is this incessant obsession against Israel, when we see Israel being singled out, when we see double standards being applied to the Jewish state that are not being applied to uh, to any other state for that matter, then naturally one can't help but ask uh, those questions. Um, but you know, even in the wake of yesterday's uh, vote, for example, you know, I had a numerous conversations with a number of uh, ambassadors, for example, and other people uh, in the diplomatic circles, and they truly said, you know, that they either they voted the way they did because they truly believe that uh, that it um, progresses or advances the two-state solution or peace when, uh, you know, that's their political interpretation. Um, whereas, you know, I think any reasonable objective reading of uh, not just the resolution that passed, uh, but, you know, it's very clearly, you know, I think uh, the situation is uh, something to the contrary, that, you know, not only does it reward Hamas, but it uh, denies our right to self-defense. Now, that's not necessarily anti-Semitic for someone to vote for that resolution, but it certainly, I don't think, is... Uh, is helpful uh, for those that do um, wish for there to be uh, peace in the, in the region. Yeah. Um, is it, it You moved to Israel six years ago, and again, as I said, we'll talk about Nefesh Benefesh in a moment, but is it easier to do your job in Israel, outside of Israel, the way you were doing it in Australia, or it's irrelevant where you are? Um, look, there's pros and cons wherever you are. Um, it, I, you know, there are difficulties of doing the job from here, but at the end of the day, um, I wanted to do what I'm doing as an Israeli, right. quite simply. Um, you know, I, you know, I've worked, I've, you know, I've lived in the diaspora. I've worked uh, as an Israel advocate in the diaspora in Australia, in uh, in uh, in America before moving to Israel, and there's. The diaspora plays a crucial, crucial role. Um, you know, I firmly believe that Israel is the Jewish state. And from my point of view, you need a strong diaspora for a strong Israel, but you also need a strong Israel to have a strong diaspora as well. Uh, but for me personally, it was a decision that, um, and again, you know, I uh, fully recognize it's different for everyone. It's something very inherently personal. But for me, it was a choice of, you know, I could either watch from the outside or 
I could be here or I could do this as an Israeli. Um, I could either, you know, watch history unfold or I could, you know, as a bystander or I could be part of the change. You know, I could vote. Um, I could participate in all aspects of domestic politics. Um, so for me, it was a very inherently personal decision in that way. But I do believe, you know, there are difficulties and challenges, whether you're advocating for Israel uh, from Israel or from the diaspora, but I think both play a very crucial role in their respective ways. Arsene Ostrovsky is with us. If you if you agree, as uh, we continue to state, that Nefesh Benefesh is the uh, preeminent uh, organization and outfit when it comes to Aliyah at this point in 2018, and has been for quite a while, then it must be uh, heartwarming to be recognized by them with their Bonet Zion Award in the area of Israel advocacy. Um, oh, absolutely! Look, it was actually it was quite surreal um, when I, um, you know, when when they called me, it was a uh, it was actually it was around Purim time. So I actually thought it was a Purim spiel for a second. That's great. Uh, um, I, uh, then I got the the email, and I'm like, okay, well, that looks uh, that looks official. Uh, so I think I think it's I think it's kosher now. It's okay. Um, no, look, it's it is still surreal. I mean, first of all, I'm incredibly indebted to Nefesh Benefesh, uh, not just for this award, but for everything that they do uh, in promoting Aliyah. Um, but you know, they're uh, you know, I, look, the last award that I received, I think it was a under 14s uh, cricket match in, in school. Um, you did well. You did well, huh? <laughs> I, did, I did well. It's, it's a big, uh, it's a big plus. So it's, it's been a few years uh, since, but um, no, look. It's it's surreal because I uh, I never expected to get an award for doing something that's quite simply the right thing to do. Mm. You know, I'm a Jew, I'm a Zionist, and for me to uh, support, to advocate for Israel, it's just the most natural thing in the world. So to receive a, a prize for it was uh, certainly not something that I expected. Um, but to receive a prize, you know, I read, you know, you know, this incredibly, uh, you know, there's some of the other recipients across different categories, you know, some of whom I know and some of whom I admire so tremendously is incredible honor. And especially, you know, when it, I think it really hit me, especially um, in the year that we're celebrating 70 years of the modern state of Israel's independence. So to receive such an award at this particular juncture in history and time was, uh, you know, an incredibly tremendous honor and um, very indebted to Nefesh, Benefesh again, not just for everything that they that they do to promote Aliyah, but, you know, having lived now in Israel for a number of years, since 2012, you know, for me, the, the biggest thing that differentiates them, and I should say, by the way, that I would, I wouldn't have been here were it not for their efforts uh, beforehand. But what differentiates them for me is the fact that they're still here with me after I made Aliyah. Right. And that's the big difference. In what, city, in what city do you live? I live in Tel Aviv. Hmm. I live in Tel Aviv, but I make a point of it. Uh, you know, this is... You know, it's a small country we have here. It's a very small country. You can, uh, you know, have 45-minute... Uh, car ride, you can be in Jerusalem in 45 minutes, New York by subway, you might maybe make it from Midtown to uh, <laughs> to Brooklyn if, if you're lucky. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I live in Tel Aviv, but I certainly make sure to explore and see this really quite incredible land, and it's really quite a, quite a privilege. Arsene Ostrovsky is with us, international human rights lawyer, executive director of the Israeli Jewish Congress, recognized by uh, Nefesh Benefesh, Bonet Tzion 2018. Uh, awardee in the area of uh, Israel advocacy. So when you hear the news yesterday 
that Johannesburg's health minister was suspended after declaring that Johannesburg is a, quote, friend of Israel. Do you toss yourself into the social media fray and get involved in in supporting that minister and combating, you know, things that are being said, or this is not exactly your area of expertise? Um, no, actually, in this case, I did. Um, and I have colleagues in South Africa who actually called out for help. Um, they said, look, we, we need help uh, online as well, not just in, in person um, there, but on the ground, but also online, because, so much, you know, we're fighting this on we're fighting the battle for Israel across so many different battlegrounds. We have our soldiers on the ground in Gaza. We have our diplomats at the UN. We have our lawyers at the international courts. You name it. But we're also fighting a battle of narratives online. And it's really, you know, on, on the one hand, it's an opportunity to, you know, for us to put out our message. What is Israel? Um, what, you know, but, but on the other hand, you know, you see some of the most heinous attacks on the Jewish state and the Jewish people, uh, which, you know, really force us to respond. But it's, you know, in many ways, we also have to be smart, not just loud. And, um, you know, when it comes to digital diplomacy, I think it's something also that, uh, you know, many many people ask me, you know, I want to, you know, regular people, they say, look, you know, I want to I want to support Israel. I want to advocate for Israel. But, you know, not everyone can go to their elected officials and lobby. Not everyone can necessarily write an article in an op-ed, but anyone, anyone can be active online. Anyone can post something on their Facebook or their Twitter or their Instagram or YouTube, whatever the social media channel they're using. So it's, I think it's really today, uh, especially amongst younger people, um, really quite crucial. It's in a, really quite a vital platform for us, not just to dispel the mistruths, the lies, the, the attacks, but also really for us to reach out to billions of people around the world, South Africa, Europe, North America, Asia, elsewhere, um, and also as a way for us to engage them, uh, which is something that uh, we really need to be doing much more. And uh, doing that online is, I think, uh, an incredible platform that opens us to people we never would have had an opportunity to otherwise. I mentioned earlier that uh, you have the opportunity to uh, fight for Israel, anti-BDS, anti, against anti-Semitism, etc., in the houses of government, in um, in houses of justice around the world, etc. Um, I'm sure you're well aware what's going on on the uh, on the United States college campus scene. Um, what would you say to people? There are people who are who are students themselves. Many people in this audience who are parents of students who are in very sensitive situations, attending colleges uh, all across this country, and and on a daily basis, maybe a little less often than that confronting these types of issues what would you say to them um look uh, it's tough it really is tough um and it's it's not easy and i think uh, it has a lot a lot of implications in long term because it's forcing a lot of uh, otherwise proudly jewish students um to um hide their jewishness uh, certainly hide their zionism or their their support for israel because you know they say well you know, either one, why do I need the trouble? Why do I need the, to wear my heart on my sleeve for everyone to know when they can only cause uh, grievances and troubles and arguments or when I will be attacked? So it's easier for them to just step back. And I think that has a lot of implications long-term in terms of, uh, you know, connection to uh, to, the, to Israel, especially with the younger generation as they uh, grow up and go through uh, colleges and campuses. So it's it's... 
definitely not easy, but it's a battle we need to fight. And I think the best way to do that is through education. And it's not only uh, not only learning about Israel, not only learning about Jewish identity and, and history, but it's also um, that's that's very one very important part of it. But it, we also need to learn how to convey um, these messages because it's one thing knowing the facts. That's that's wonderful, and we need that. But then we also have to know how to convey that. How do you engage someone on campus who, whether willfully or whether ignorantly, uh, supports the BDS? Um, how do you engage them? You know, you know the facts, but then what do you do? Um, we need to give them support. They need to know that the mainstream Jewish community is behind them, in which case many of them are. Um, but we certainly need to do more, and I, I know that the State of Israel also shares a very important burden in that. And uh, I think just yesterday, um, Naftali Bennett, who's the Minister of Diaspora and Education, made some important remarks to that effect. And I think Israel can do a lot in that sense as well to uh, support them through education, through through programs that, um, um, that bring uh, students to Israel. And, you know, on that, I have to say, you know, I, I was a product of uh, Birthright and Massa. Wow. And uh, I, my, first, my first time to Israel was in 2013 on Birthright. Huh. Um, sorry, 2003, sorry. And, you know, for many years, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go when it's quiet. I'm going to go when it's peaceful and safe. Uh, I got to a point where I said, enough is enough. I'm not going to wait. So, of course, I went in the peak of the second intifada. <laughs> um, uh, much to the... <laughs> To the joy of uh, my parents. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, but you know what? That was my first experience, and that was for me a taste. And that was 2003. You know, after that, I, you know, finished my, you know, university, and like every good, you know, Jewish child, I went to law school and right. and practiced, but maintained my, um, you know, throughout my connection to Israel and um, advocacy efforts. But you know, I got to a point where I also said, you know what? Maybe. I do want to make Aliyah. So I, to cut a very long story short, I went on a long-term Assar program. So for me, programs like these, especially for someone like from Australia who's so far away from Israel, uh, physically, uh, not uh, conceptually, but physically, um, to be there in person, you know, definitely for me reaffirmed that certainly Aliyah was for me. Now, it's not necessarily for everyone, but even for those that do not make Aliyah, they become more connected to their Jewish identity, more connected to the state of Israel, stronger, prouder Zionists. So I think uh, with all my respect that uh, programs like these that bring uh, young people here, whether high school or college students, are truly the best investments we can make in the future, both for Israel and the diaspora. Amazing. Want to wish you a Mazal Tov. You are a recipient of the 2018 Bonetzian Award given by Nefesh Benefesh, yours in the area of Israel advocacy. An unbelievable choice. Arsen Ostrovsky, Mazal Tov to you, and thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. More coming up. It's a Thursday at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSingle.com on the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app.
קצת יושבת, קוראת לבנייך, העיר היפה, היפה בעולם. נבוא כולנו במשכנותייך, העיר שאהבנו יותר מכולם. חלמנו
JM in the AM with Shalshelis Jr. and the uh, Shalshelis medley here at JM. The Amari Goldwag before that with Yerushalayim. It's a Thursday, second day of Rosh Chodesh. Good morning, all. Sunshine and a high today of 85 here in the New York area. Ten minutes after 8 o'clock. Plenty more coming up. Keep it right here on your um, JM and AM Thursday. A reminder, incredible programming all through the day. Charlie Harari with Unlocking Greatness at 9. Spin Class, Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder, the latest political news at 9.30. Jew in the City Speaks, Allison Josephs at 10. And that's live with Miriam L. Wallach at 10.30 this morning. And one of the 36 under 36 from the Jewish Week, Chef uh, Eitan Barnath will be Miriam's guest at 10.30 this morning right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. More coming up here, Simcha Liner. מלחמות קשות ודיפות כואבות בכל זמן בכל מקום עברנו את פרות, נעבור גם את זה עלילות שגרים צוררים קשים שרוצים רק להרוס עברנו את פרות, נעבור גם את זה אז נצא כולנו יחד לרחובות העיר מכך אוויר Thank <laughs> you. 
J.M. in the A.M. Simcha Liner with Na'avor here at J.M. And Thursday morning, Rosh Chodesh morning. Thanks for joining us. Quarter after eight on this Thursday. Uh, well, we had a chance to celebrate together uh, on Fifth Avenue at the Celebrate Israel Parade. Uh, we were able at that point to speak with Ari Calker for a minute or two about the incredible work of the Lone Soldier Center. Mamash, literally in the middle of Jerusalem. That's where you'll find it. And uh, he gave us a couple of words in a very exciting environment back then. Now he is uh, in Jerusalem in more of a, a calm setting. <laughs> and we have an opportunity to find out even more about the Lone Soldier Center. Ari Calker is director of housing for the Lone Soldier Center. Information, Lone Soldier Center. Dot com. Ari Calker, welcome to JM in the AM. Great to be here, Nelson. I greatly appreciate it. You know, on the on the uh, on the um, homepage, it says seven thousand lone soldiers are serving in the IDF. I, I don't know if this international audience even understands how how large a group this is, and just how many people, how many soldiers from around the world leave their families, come to Israel, enlist, and uh, you know, without you guys, would essentially be alone. So there are currently about three and a half thousand lone soldiers currently serving in the Israeli army wow. that serve from all over the world, Jewish communities large and small, from every point on the globe. About a third of them alone are from North America. Pretty impressive, I must say. As I always say, we have uh, an incredible group of parents in this country. <laughs> it may be too small a group, but, but an incredible group that is dedicated to the state of Israel and gives their children a perspective that uh, Israel has to be a priority, and look what happens. They end up enlisting in the IDF, which is pretty remarkable. How uh, how long has the Lone Soldier Center been around? So the Lone Soldier Center, we, um, we founded it back in 2008, right when, um, slightly after I and myself and a couple of other Michael Levine's friends finished our Army service. And uh, we were thinking about what the greatest way to memorialize them was. We were, we were talking about it, and... You know, Michael, who the center is named after, was was an inspiration to all of us. He was a small guy who came from Philadelphia and always put the needs of others ahead of his own. Always, always was worrying and caring about everyone else that he knew. And uh, he fell fighting in the Second Lebanon War in Southern Lebanon. And when we had this idea, we thought about how can we memorialize him. We figured the best way to, like, you know, remember him would be to care about everyone else and put his name on it so that everyone would know who he was and what he stood for. And we'd be helping other people in the process and not just, you know, putting up a sign somewhere or building something in his memory, but really, really bringing his memory back to life. And through our work, bringing him back to life on some level for us. It really is amazing. And, uh, that was 2008, and we started with a good idea and a couple of motivated young men, and now we've, uh, we're leading the charge. Ari Calker is with us from Jerusalem, the Lone Soldier Center. You know, as any good parent knows, when you want to take care of somebody, when you want to take care of a young person, there's a lot of different things you got to take care of. You reminded me of that when you told me you're the director of housing. That's just one little piece to the whole thing. There's a lot of different concerns and a lot of different ways you guys have to step in and really be there for these lone soldiers. Could you, could you give us some of the categories that you and your staff and your volunteers cover in order to help out the soldiers? Of course. So the first of all, the one word to sum up everything we do at the center is family. Yeah. The same way your family will be there for you no matter what. 
like in sick and thin, good times and bad times, you know, whether you need a hug or a smack or you need you know, a warm meal or a bed or you need advice, your family in every sense is always there for you. At least that's the family I was raised in and the way that I was brought up was to always be there for your family. And the Lone Soldier Center was like, you know, we can never replace and we don't even, we don't want to replace people's parents, but we're their family here in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts off from even in, before you get here and you're thinking about it, you know, I want to join the Israeli army. What do I need to know beforehand? So first we talk and we explain to people how serious of a decision this is and what a big deal it is. This isn't just, you know, oh, I'll sign up for this program or that program. This is the army. The army is not a joke. Army, the army is real and it's a very serious decision. I can you know, as met, I, I served in the army myself. I still do reserve duty. I'm married. I have children. I think the second largest decision I ever made in my entire life was joining the army. The only thing bigger than that was who and when to get married. Right. So the foundational decisions I've made in my life. So we do it first. We start before you're in the army, helping you understand what it is you're getting yourself into and making sure that this is really the right decision for you. We have a pre-army program that helps you prepare for it physically, mentally, educationally, closing the educational culture gap between growing up outside of Israel and growing up inside of Israel. Very different. We might both be Jewish, extremely different understanding of the world. Closing that gap so that when you do draft, there's much less of a culture shock and the language barrier is much smaller. Once you're in the Army, we have a a never-ending programming, everything from Friday night dinner every week where hundreds of home soldiers get together under our roof every Friday night something I was just preparing for a couple of minutes ago for dinner tomorrow night, to to barbecues and parties and celebrations, and we're at your swearing-in ceremonies and your berate ceremonies, and the different times things are good. We also have an entire uh, group of volunteers that deal with visiting sick soldiers and soldiers that are out, of, you know, that are injured and and different things like that. Uh, we also run, two years ago, something that we started, we started housing soldiers. We now run eight different houses in Israel. We have 144 beds for soldiers on the weekend. Wow. Something we're always looking to expand. Uh, two years ago, we had zero. We went from zero to eight houses and 144 beds in two years, a little bit less. Um, and we're expanding. We also just started our post-army program that we're kicking off this summer. You know, in a few more months, we're kicking it off officially, where... You know, someone comes from overseas motivated and caring, and they give their all, both, you know, everything of themselves to Israel for at least a year and a half, if not longer. When they finish the army and they want to stay here, there's a whole other set of challenges of building a foundation and, and getting a job with the future and, and understanding the educational system inside and out. And there are lots and lots of organizations that do help in that realm, and we're going to be focusing on helping, you know, for the long run, mentors for the long run to keep, so that when you want to stay here, you can. Unbelievable. I mean, the, the list is endless. It's endless, the types of things that are needed, that are necessary, that are there to help the soldiers. It's really incredible. Uh, Ari Calker is with us. The Lone Soldier Center has a website, LoneSoldierCenter.com. They're located on Rehov Yafo in Jerusalem. They have a Tel Aviv office. Uh, they, the, the 888 number, is that a good number for parents and others to get information about the uh, about the organization? Which phone number? The 8884-L-SOLDIER. We have that on the website. That, that's, an emer- that's an emergency phone number we have up for parents. The oh, oh, other uh, thing I forgot to mention is also parents. I mean, every family has a different generations in it. We have an entire network of support for parents of lone soldiers all over the world. Um, we have, like, like you saw in the parade, 
that was just a small group of the parents from the New York area right. that we're in touch with and we support. Uh, the best way to get in touch with us is by email. Time differences and details, and there's always another phone call. The best way to get in touch with us is by email. And that's something info that people... at com. One more time. Info, I-N-F-O, at LoneSoldierCenter.com. That's the uh, best way to get in touch with us. And there's plenty of information on the website. All right, how is all this supported? You guys are taking care of so much. The Friday night meals, housing, especially when they're on leave or for Shabbat. Uh, you mentioned the uh, uh, the um, uh, the different events that go on in order to help the soldiers and all the pre-Army activities that you undertake in order to acclimate them um, to what they're about to encounter by heading into the Army and by being in Israeli society. How is all of this funded? No, it's completely funded by private donors, mainly abroad. We, uh, we pride ourselves that we managed to raise about 25% of our budget locally here in Israel. The rest is from generous supporters overseas. And again, I assume the easiest way is the donate button on the LoneSoldierCenter.com website. The donate button on the website. We're a registered 501c3 with tax-deductible status in the U.S., Canada, and England. Um, if you're elsewhere, email us. We'll, we'll, we'll work out the details on the technical level. Uh, the easiest way, donate, LoneSoldierCenter.com. It sounds like, in the spirit of soldiers, you guys are blazing a trail. You're just you're just going forward with whatever services are necessary and, and hoping that the support will be there and that people understand just how important and vital a role you play. Well, the beauty is is that there's no fundraiser at the center. I'm the one walking around asking people for support. I run all of our housing. I help manage all the pre-Army programming. Up until 10 seconds before I called you, I was sitting with three soldiers in my office. Wow. It's not really an office. It's like a big room where I put <laughs> my computer down, and that's where I'm working for the next couple of hours. Um, we, don't, we don't need a – we're not a marketing machine. We're not advertising. We're, we're just helping people, and, we both, and everyone here at the center, we honestly believe that by helping people – by, help, by helping people and doing the right thing, that God will provide for us and, and, and help bring in the support that's necessary. And you're not just helping people. You're helping the heroes and the role models of Israel, frankly. You're, you're, you're helping those yeah. who, who are showing our children uh, exactly the type of sacrifice and the type of commitment one needs to make in order to uh, continue to have uh, the incredible land of yeah. Israel, state of Israel, and, and frankly, dem- democratic freedom around the world. Uh, we're also helping uh, foster and we're, we're helping support the, the future leaders of the Jewish people, yep. both here and abroad. No question. And these young it. men and women, the ones that finish, the ones that do go back to the United States or Canada or, or wherever they are from the world, they are the natural-born leadership of their communities. The, their Judaism, their belief in Israel, their belief in the Jewish people, it's, it's something they, they physically went and fought for. It's yeah. something they defended with their own bodies, and it's going to be more real to them than everyone else around them, and that's that it's going to naturally put them in a leadership position, and I hopefully we'll help, we'll start seeing the effects of uh, of that in the coming years. No question about it. All right, Ari Calker and I encourage everybody in this audience. You know how we feel about lone soldiers. You know how we feel about the IDF. Uh, help them uh, to whatever degree you can to continue with all the programming, continue with all the services that are provided, as Ari just described. You can go to the website LoneSoldierCenter.com. You can visit them in Yerushalayim, a very convenient place. When it comes to tourists, because most of the hotels are in the area, on Rehov Yaffa is where you'll find them. LoneSoldierCenter.com. In order to support them, you can go to that website, uh, hit the donate button, make a generous donation, and know that thousands of soldiers are the beneficiaries of your 
generosity. Ari Corker, anything you'd like to add? Thank you, everybody, for your generosity. Uh, thank you, Nachum, for having me on the show. And it's always great seeing you by the parade and looking <laughs> forward to next year. A pleasure speaking to you, Ari. Thank you so much, Kalakavod. There he is, Ari Corker at the Lone Soldier Center in Israel. Thursday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up. It's JM in the AM. Oh, מצאתי שתי מילים שיהודים אומרים בכל מקום על מה שכבר היה, מה שעוד לא קרה לא משנה כי זה תמיד יהיה נכון J.M. and A.M. brand new from Yaakov Shweki here on a Thursday Rosh Chodesh morning. Hello all. Don't forget tomorrow, 740 Eastern Time, Malcolm Honline will join us, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We'll talk about the the week's news, W-E-E-K, the week's news, and uh, all the different things happening in this amazing Jewish world of ours. Um, also remember, right after J.M. and A.M. at 9 o'clock this morning, Unlocking Greatness with Charlie Harari, his uh, topic the inherent value of micro moments, how greatness is attainable.
by each individual. Spin class with Michael and Phil. We'll look at the latest political news at 9.30. 10 o'clock, Allison Josephs with Shira Berkovitz, founder and CEO of Sacred Spaces. Miriam Alwalik, joined by Chef Eitan Bernath, recently named one of 2018's 36 Under 36 by the Jewish Week. That'll be at 11.30, and of course, we'll do the live lunch starting at 11 a.m. Tonight, Mark Zomik with the Arab Shabbos show that begins at 7 p.m. Eastern time uh, with great Jewish music and plenty of uh, wonderful um, uh, tunes for this week uh, For this week specifically, all done by Mark Zomik starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Happy birthday, Mark, by the way. And um, that is brought to you by our wonderful friends at Kedem. Uh, well, there's something out there, a new product. It's called Shabbos Light. Shabbos Light. And there have been uh, companies that in the past have uh, released uh, items that are, quote-unquote, you know, uh, lights to be used on Shabbos. But I have never seen one like this. And I've had the opportunity to um, to use this over the last couple of weeks. And it's pretty amazing. Mark Blechner is with us. He's the designer of the brand-new Shabbos Light. S-H-A-B-B-O-S-L-I-T-E. Mark Blechner. Welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, uh, Nachum Chodesh Tov and Boker Tov. Thank you for having me on your program. A pleasure. Well, I must say, um, I, I've I've had I've had the use of uh, of other devices that have been made that have been made in order to make it easier for people to see what's going on on Shabbos. I've I've done that over the years. I never had one like this with all these functions and features, and one, frankly, that I would schlep along. And I say that in quotation marks because it's not a big schlep. I would schlep along with me to uh, to a house that I'm going to as a guest for a Shabbos. And yours, and I think in all those ways, is pretty revolutionary. So mazal tov to you on Shabbos light. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let's start with, um, we'll start with the, with the bigger one. We'll start with the one that uh, you call the LED table and desk lamp. Uh, it is a, a, a great LED lamp, which I think naturally gives more light than a lot of the other products. Am I right? Correct. The LED technology has evolved in the last uh, five, six years, but specifically in the last uh, two years, uh, it's been refined. And being in the lighting industry, I wanted to take to utilize these newest technologies that are available. And my goal was to improve upon Shabbos lights that were on the market today um, and merge the latest lighting technology and reliability with halachic approval. And so we came up with these two models, in particular the one you're saying, the Shabbos Light Table Lamp. It is a wonderful product. It uh, functions as a reading light as well as an ambient room lighting uh, unit. Yeah, i got to confess, by the way, that I'm using this during the week also now because because this lamp, which sits right next to my bed on my night table, is really perfect for the amount you, you because of the shutter that you created. There's a slide shutter that you created. You you literally can have you know as, as much of the percentage of the light that's available as you want, and that works really well on weeknights. Also, by the way, well, indeed, uh, uh, on our tagline on our user manual, we say so well designed you'll want to use it all week. Correct, and that's, <laughs> that's coming from the lighting industry. As I said, that's what we had in mind that uh, people will say, wow, this is not only good for Shabbos, it's a great item to use all week. The table lamp model has a touch dimmer, which gives you uh, three levels of light up to 400 lumens of direct, bright, crisp white light. 
We worked with uh, people that were not only in the lighting industry, but ophthalmologists to make sure that they are easy on the eye, won't make you tired in a dark room. And the three levels of setting before Shabbos allows you to really set whatever level you want. You can test it during the week. Yeah. And then, of course, on Shabbos, as you mentioned, the easy slide shutter allows you to completely block the light or, quote, unquote, dim the light by opening uh, the shutter partway or three-quarters of the way, whatever. Yeah, look, this is a really, really good investment. Everybody, it's called Shabbos Light, S-H-A-B-B-O-S-L-I-T-E.com, ShabbosLight.com. The one we're talking about, the table and desk lamp, has the easy slide shutter. It has the uh, bright white LED that we spoke about earlier. It has the flexible gooseneck, which is a big advantage. It has a handy travel bag, so you literally can take it with you for Shabbos without a problem. It's really easy to travel with. And it has a, a charging port in its base, so you can charge your phone or your tablet anytime, literally, by using this lamp. And who doesn't want a charger by their bed? Trust me, you want a charger by the bed. And by the way, you mentioned the three-level touch dimmer. You also figured out a way how to cover that over on Shabbos so it's so there's not a chance for somebody like you know who on Friday morning like I do make sure to shut the covers not a chance you'll make a mistake and touch that thing on Shabbos correct we uh, in conjunction with uh, consulting halacha with my rub in Boston Rabbi Yaakov Jaffe we designed a slide uh, cover that slides over the switch so if you're groggy in the morning on Shabbos morning and you want to walk uh, Reach for your glasses, for example. Yep. Reach over your glasses. You won't by accident uh, touch the dimmer and uh, have the light go on a different setting. Yeah, it's look. really versatile. Like we said, we put in a higher power amperage so that not only an, uh, any phone or a tablet as well can be uh, charged. And it's a terrific item. And I do want to point out that the um, adapter is 120 to 240 volt. It can be used worldwide, and we include in the, bo- in the box a brand-new concept of a snap-on adapter plug for the USA prong and the non-USA prongs, which could be used all over the Europe and, the, uh, of course, in Israel. And we are coming out uh, probably after Yontif once we get BS approval for all the British Commonwealth-related uh, uh, countries that use the heavy-duty BS plugs. Yeah, this is so going to be... a worldwide product. Yeah, this is going to be a really big international product. I'm glad you mentioned that. I forgot to mention that, that like so many things that we're used to already, the cell phones, laptops, etc., this is made uh, to be in every country in the world. This is made, uh, you know, in terms of electricity, in terms of what you, what you need as a consumer. It's made for the 110, for the 220, which is a, a tremendous advantage. I mean, you could take this along with you to Israel without a problem. Uh, if you want to make it even easier, and I hope people are going to the website to check this out because everything I'm mentioning, it's right there on the website. Just look at the box and you'll see all the different features that I'm mentioning this morning. And and in addition to the desk lamp, you have the exact same concept, but in a clip-on light. Those of you going to camp, the clip-on light is like half the size, if not less, of the desk uh, light. It clips on with a sturdy metal clamp. In fact, I might complain, uh, um, Mark, it might be a little too sturdy, frankly, because it's really, really a, a good piece, that clip. It has the flexible gooseneck, has the handy travel bag, the bright white LED, the same shutter. Um, I mean, really, I guess the only difference is that it's an, it has a regular on-off switch compared to the uh, compared to the dimmer, correct? That would be the only difference, really. Well, that's uh, partially correct, Nachum. We designed it again. I designed it uh, having in mind being from the lighting industry that one during the week the 
clip-on does not have to be plugged into the wall adapter. Right. There's a USB cord, and it right. plugs conveniently as you work anywhere into your desktop or your laptop. So you can technically take this anywhere. And I've already had one inquiry that if you go camping and you have a some sort of charging mechanism with a USB port to charge, well, plug it in there, and it's going to light your Evil. camping. Unbe- I'm telling you, you thought of everything. It's amazing. You've thought of everything. Thank you. And I wouldn't have realized. I, 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 didn't, I saw the list of stuff, all the different uh, features you included, but didn't realize until I tried it. You literally thought of everything. I didn't think I would be this much in love with the light, frankly. So, so. Well, I'm glad you are, and we look forward to um, a good response from the community. And uh, we're starting to populate it at various retailers around the metro area. And, uh, for example, in Brooklyn, you can get it at Kitchen Click. Sterling Electronics, Saul's Housewares, Kitchen Caboodles, and Queens at uh, K&T Electronics. In the five towns at Judaica Plus, Plus Variety Connection, Sterling Electronics, Riverdale at Riverdale Kosher, and of course for the folks across the Hudson at Teaneck at Judaica House, Grand and Essex Supermarket, and up in Muncie at Muncie Housewares. And we continue to populate the Jewish community with this wonderful item, which will enhance your own Shabbos and hopefully be used all week in the home, in travel, uh, at camp, or wherever you have a need for a really sharp, crisp, bright white LED lamp for reading and ambient light. Yeah, I mean, you put all those features together, frankly, this is really affordable. I don't know how you kept the cost so low, uh, frankly. And I assume in addition to all the stores you mentioned, people could just go to the website and buy it, right? Well, either way, uh, you know, we support our retailers, right. and uh, we also have it on the website because the website gives you more information. Interactive information will be coming. And, of course, we're there, customer service 24-6 to answer any questions. By the way, the retailers likely, especially knowing some of the ones you just mentioned, likely have a sample out for people to actually check it out. Because once you do, I hope so. Yeah, because once you do that, I'm telling you, you're hooked on it. So uh, it may be even a better idea, folks, if you're listening right now, to get to one of those retailers and check it out. It's called Shabbos Lights. Very simple. Go to the website. You'll see what I'm talking about. S-H-A-B-B-O-S-L-I-T-E.com. That's it. Shabbos Light. Dot com, L-I-T-E dot com. That's it. That's the whole thing. And Mark Blechner is the designer. They thought of everything, basically. Uh, I would never have dreamed of taking along a light with me when I am the guest in someone's home. This one, I actually would just take along. It's so easy. It's so light. And it's so good. I would literally just take it along wherever I'm going. I know that I'm covered in terms of uh, light in the room for Shabbos. So I think that's, Thank you very much. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate testimony, frankly. That, uh, Thank that, you that, very much. And that, I do want to point out that we have Halachic uh, Haskama from uh, the folks at the Institute for Science and Health, Halacha Machon Technologi Dati of Rav Yitzhak Halpern, and Bayit Vagan, who does many appliances in Israel, stoves, refrigerators, for the Army and other lighting, etc. products. And, of course, in the USA, we consulted with uh, Rabbi Tzvi Ortner of Halachic Tech USA in Borough Park. I mean, the only, thi- the only thing people would want to touch on Shabbos would be the shutter, and I'm assuming that's fine, right? That's fine, no problem at all. That's and uh, the, the Easy Glide shutter is uh, versatile to turn the lamp into a simulation of on or off and also a simulation of dimming the light. So you can even use it uh, in a baby's room to uh, keep a small little, use it as a nightlight in the baby's room. I know my daughter uses it, and when she has to feed the baby in the middle of the night, 
you know, tripping over things, and she knows exactly where to go. Yeah, a lot of so people. It's terrific. A lot of people like to put, you know, some type of light in the restroom as well on Shabbos. It would work perfectly there as well. I mean, there's a lot of different options. Perfectly on a vanity on the website. Right. We will put post post some photos as well for application photos. Exactly. All right, Mark. Congratulations. I think it's brilliant. I think it's wonderful. I hope a lot of people buy it because it's a cool product. Shabboslight.com. S H A B B O S L I T E. Com. Mark Blechner is the designer of the Shabbos Light. Thanks so much for joining us, and have a very... Um, welcome. Ha- yeah, I'm sorry? No, thank you very much for having me on. And have a very bright and uh, light-filled Shabbos. <laughs> a lichtige Shabbos and a good chodesh. There you go, a lichtige Shabbos is right. And a good chodesh. JM in the AM at 16 minutes before 9 o'clock. More coming up on this Thursday morning.
Moshiach ben David We need you Jam in the AM. Brand new Yehuda Green. I know we got to get him in the studio. I know, I know. Believe me, I know. Everyone wants him in the studio. Everyone wants him to do live music here. We're going to try our hardest to do it. Try very hard. Excuse me. Try very hard for before um, the three weeks. And if not, then, uh, then after. Yes, yes, yes. Lots to do. Lots to do. Thursday morning, Rosh Chodesh morning. Tomorrow's a Friday. You know what that means. Malcolm Honline, 740 Eastern Time. Talk about the events of the week. The news of the week, etc., etc., etc. Coming up, Charlie Harari at 9 a.m. with Unlocking Greatness. The topic, the inherent value of micro moments, how greatness is attainable by each individual. Michael and uh, Phil with the latest political news on spin class at 930 Jew in the City Speaks, Allison Josephs with Shira Berkowitz, founder and CEO of Sacred Spaces at 10 a.m. Miriam L. Wallach with That's Life. Chef Eitan Bernath, recently named one of 2018's 36 Under 36 by the Jewish Week. Miriam will speak with him at 11.30. Live lunch at um, at 10.30. Live lunch at 11. Um, Erev Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek with great Jewish music starting at 7 p.m. Sponsored by... Our amazing friends at Kedem. All right. Boy, oh boy, what a fun-filled morning. A real typical jam there morning, I must say. Shabbos Light, Lone Soldier Center, Israel Advocacy, Nefesh Benefesh. A very typical, I'm proud to say, very typical jam in the AM broadcast. And I am really very proud to say that. We need more and more of the typical jam there broadcast, that's for sure. Uh, more coming up 10 minutes before. Oh, don't forget Brooklyn Cyclones. Don't forget the Brooklyn Cyclones. It's this Tuesday, this Tuesday night, the Brooklyn High Clones. After all, it's their 18th year. The Brooklyn High Clones this coming Thursday, excuse me, this coming Tuesday, June the 19th, Jewish Heritage Night. This coming Tuesday night, June the 19th, Jewish Heritage Night, the Brooklyn High Clones or the Brooklyn Cyclones, if you insist. Bring your family, bring your friends, your camp, your school, your group, everybody you know, come enjoy Jewish Heritage Night at MCU Park in Brooklyn, New York. Go to brooklyncyclones.com. You want the tickets for June 19th, brooklyncyclones.com. Here's Miami.
J.M. in the A.M., Yerachmiel in Miami, of course. That is quite an album. That is really quite an album. Pretty amazing. Uh, wrapping things up here on a, uh, a Thursday morning, Rosh Chodesh morning here at J.M. in the A.M. We went through the entire lineup. We'll speak to you next uh, with our full studio staff at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time with our live lunch coming up. I don't know what's planned for the live lunch today.
I'll try to be as creative as possible, then I can tell you. <laughs> as I'll be coming up. Oh, yeah, a, a bunch of comments on the app this morning. I want to thank everybody who was checking in. Uh, let me see if there's anything here I can answer. We did the Shabbos light conversation. It led Matis to ask if it's UL listed. According to the website, it certainly is. You can go to ShabbosLite.com, ShabbosLite.com for information. Um, Malki says, hello from Irakodesh. That's, I assume, Malki uh, S. is in the uh, holy city of Jerusalem. Thank you, Malki. Thanks for listening from Jerusalem. Oh, uh, David Shapiro wrote, yay for birthright. Yeah, our conversation with... Um, our conversation with um, uh, Arson, Arson Ostrovsky, where he mentioned he went to Israel for the first time in 2003 with Birthright. David, I was thinking of you when he said that, 100%. It's amazing what Birthright's done. Many would say it has changed the uh, landscape of the Jewish people, and I believe that's right. And yeah, an amazing advocate for Israel like he um, went ahead and uh, went for the first time to Israel on Birthright in 2003. Call a and thanks, David, for checking in on that. Um... Oh, is Rabbi Zlato at his yard site actually today? I had mentioned that his yard site just passed. I didn't realize it might be today, actually, the first yard site. Uh, on on the 28th, uh, I mentioned that because one of our uh, our commenters just said that. Um, on the 28th of June, on the 28th of June, I will feature here live in studio the author of the book about Rabbi Zlotowitz. Uh, the founder of Art Scroll, uh, Rabbi Yisrael Besser. Rabbi Yisrael Besser will be in studio two weeks from today. Two weeks from today. Spread the word. It should be a very interesting conversation. He wrote the book. Literally, he wrote the book about Rabbi Meir's lotto. It's subtitled, His Vision, Wisdom, and Warmth Lit Up the World. It is the Jaffa Family Edition from the Art Scroll series. It was just released, as most of us know, about 10 days ago. And I would assume it's doing really, really well out there. We get a chance to ask Ari Besser, uh, the author of the book, a bunch of questions. That'll happen on the 28th in studio. We will Facebook Live. All the other methods of listening will be uh, will be in operation. So just get ready. It should be a very interesting conversation two weeks from today when he is with us live in studio. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com on the NahumSiegel Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. And that will wrap it up on a Thursday morning Rosh Chodesh. Charlie Harari is next with Unlocking Greatness. Don't forget we speak next at 11 a.m. during the uh, live lunch. We wish everybody a wonderful Rosh Chodesh and a great day. Have a fabulous Thursday. <laughs> Until tomorrow, Nachum Sigel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.